Hey, uh, it's so great to be in church, isn't it? You know, I just love that we can be at 75%. 75%, you're like, what about 100%? Well, you know, this is probably the biggest number we can have for a while. And those seats next to you can be sat in. And so if you see an empty seat, invite someone to church. Because I tell you what, right now, people need Jesus more than ever. They need Jesus more than ever. And I just want us to um, understand that we need to have a confidence and we need to have a strength within us to actually say to someone, hey, come to church. I know what you're missing. If you had a con- who's had a conversation with one person this week who has been like, you've had to kind of almost counsel them? Like you've kind of had to be there for them. You've had a moment and maybe they're not in church. I just want to encourage you. The answer is here because Jesus is the answer. And we're going to continue today um, on the armor of God. But I just want to sort of, uh, before we go any further, I just want to bring up an, a, a situation that's happened this week, and I'm sure we've all seen it, and it's what's going on in Afghanistan. And um, it's probably one of the most horrific things to watch. I think the crazy thing about the world we live in right now, we can see it. You know how you can hear about something and not see it, but now we're being confronted by seeing. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that evil is taking over where there's innocent people that are on the firing line. And um, we've just felt in our heart uh, all week that we'd like to support an organization that helps the persecuted church. Um, I don't know if you know much about Open Doors. Have you ever heard of Open Doors? I remember as a kid, I heard about Open Doors smuggling Bibles into China and doing all sorts of stuff. There was a couple in my church literally would go to China with these guys and load up like vans full of Bibles from like literally the whole thing would be full of Bibles. They'd pray before going through these territory points and the soldiers would open the doors. There's nothing here. And they keep driving. And I just always look like, what do you mean they didn't find the Bibles, <laughs> you know? And um, open doors are incredible. Um, they help out the persecuted church. And uh, this week I was actually watching a fair bit from Mike Gore, the, uh, the current director of Open Doors. And he was talking about Afghanistan and what they're being confronted by right now. And uh, Mike Gore is one of those people that will mess with your thinking a lot, I actually saw him speak a few years ago, and he was talking about the church, and I think it was in Iran or Iraq, and he'd just been over there, and they were five kilometers. They'd set up a refugee camp five kilometers away from the Taliban. And uh, a pastor who actually married us went on this trip, um, and he said, literally over the hill are the people that are going to come and kill us. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, these Christians, he was telling stories about a lawyer who literally got, a, got told that we're coming after you, we're going to kill you and your family. And um, literally, uh, he got given half an hour to get out. And this man who was a lawyer got out with his own, all he had was a pillow. And he was in this refugee camp, and Mike Gore's talking about how they're just there supporting these Christians that are holding strong to their faith, but they know what's about to come. And I remember asking this question because I was infuriated. And maybe you felt rage. Maybe you felt a righteous anger this week. And how can we help? And how can we do whatever? And I remember saying to Mike, how do we get weapons to our brothers and sisters? (laughs) Maybe you thought that this week. How do we get there? How do we defend the rights of these guys, these women, these men? And I was hearing this story. And Mike Gore said, as... These Christians truly believe Jesus' teaching when he said, love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. He said, they've come to a resolve. They know what's coming. The pastor that was there, he was talking about the pastor that was with this group of people in this tent, said, they'll kill all of us, but they'll torture me. And I hope that I'll prove righteous 
and holy and worthy for my Saviour Jesus. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we forget, and I've talked about this, and it's interesting that Beck mentioned, we've been talking about the armour of God. And we've been talking about this, you know, how, you know, in Ephesians it talks about putting on the armour of God, this spiritual armour and how to protect ourselves from the enemy. And I just want to say, today we're going to keep going with that, but I'm going to say this, we're going to support Open Doors at the end of this service. And um, you give whatever you can. Um, Underneath those uh, seats that we've got an envelope, if you write Open Doors on it, every cent you give, we will give directly to them. If you give on the FPOS machine and you write down open doors, every cent will go to open doors. I'm going to say this right now, and I know I probably shouldn't, but if that means you sacrifice your tithes and offerings this week to help the persecuted church, do it. I do not care. I want to help these guys. I I just want to help these guys. You know, Mike... As I said, he's, he's leading up this and one of the things that stood out to me this week is he was talking about praying for the Taliban. To pray for the Taliban, he said, you know, across that region, just so you know, the second fastest growing church in the world is in Afghanistan right now. Not only that, there's story after story after story of Muslim men and women that keep having the man in white appear to them. The man in white appears to them. And I just think sometimes we forget that God is in control. God is in control and he can do anything. And right now, you know, we've got brothers and sisters in Christ. And while we complain about our world and our stuff is still real, but let's get some perspective. And let's actually be people of faith that understand that when we step into following Jesus, we actually step into a battlefield. A war. We, are, we have things that come up against us, but we have to be prepared for it. You know, it's interesting as I was reflecting on a passage of Scripture this week, and I want to read it, but I want to read it, and I want you to see it differently. Maybe you've heard this a million times, but in Matthew 5, it's the most famous sermon recorded of Jesus, the Beatitudes. And it says that Jesus brought this message in Matthew 5. It said this, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Maybe let's say it like this. Blessed are those that are tired and restless, in turmoil or wearisome. Maybe you feel like that. Jesus said, you're blessed. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We talked about righteousness only last week, the breastplate of righteousness. Those that hunger and thirst for Jesus to be close, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Isn't that interesting? Not blessed are those who fight for everything, but just blessed are the peacemakers. Sometimes we have to put force. I tell you what, there's some evil going on, and I'm not going to go into that. And thank God for the peacemakers. Thank God for the peacemakers. May there be more of them. For they will be called children of God. And he says this, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, one of the most beautiful moments for me was actually going, I'll talk about it, and it's not, I feel like I'm a bit like, I talk about it all the time, but Israel for me was a beautiful place to go. A couple of years ago, one day I want our church to go back. Because there's something about seeing the places where Jesus brought messages. And there was this, this um, hill we went to where Jesus brought this message. They say this is where he spoke the Beatitudes, this most powerful sermon at the bottom of the hill. is this beautiful old Catholic church. And I remember standing there looking at this going, amazing. Imagine hearing these words from Jesus on that hill, on that hill. And I've always pictured it like this, that he stood on the top of the hill and he yelled out across the, you know, so people could hear. That he yelled out these words. They were kind of declared in this loud voice and everyone could hear it. And maybe I picture this because I'm a speaker in schools and I know how hard it is when you don't have a microphone. Only a few months ago, I was in a school, I rocked up, I had to speak to 500 students. I got to the school, I already had lost my voice from a school the day before and they said, we're so sorry, our microphone's broken. And you know what it's like to try and amplify your voice. And so, you know, if you're going to stand on a hill and yell over, maybe it'll reach. And we have moments where Jesus stood on a boat and they say that would have helped amplify his voice because of the water and all that kind of thing. And I've always pictured Jesus to yell out these words, but maybe we need to see this moment on a more intimate level. Maybe we need to understand this was a much more intimate level, a special moment. Read it again. It says this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds coming, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, picture it. The chapter before in Matthew 4 says everyone's hearing about Jesus. Everyone's getting healed and the, the, the crowds are starting to follow him. Thousands of people want a touch of Jesus, all right? You can see it. Jesus is up the side of this hill and he can start seeing them coming from everywhere. And he goes up and he sits down. And the disciples come to him in a little huddle. In a little huddle. And in an intimate moment, Jesus starts to speak. I want us to understand this. It's so interesting about this chapter. I went and did heaps of research this week. I'm like, is it possible that this was just a conversation with the disciples? Was it possible? And a lot of scholars say, very truly, it could be. Later on in Matthew, it says, and the crowds were amazed by his teaching, but just like me and just like our church, before church, we have all our volunteers do a huddle. Those that are closest, those that are part of this service, come together in a close space and they hear what the rest of us don't hear. And then obviously I get up and stand up and I can picture Jesus in this moment. In verse 25 of chapter 4, it actually says, Large crowds followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, beyond the Jordan. Notice this, that, you know, this is what's going on. They're starting to come out and Jesus has a break and he sits down. And he says, okay, boys, I'm going to fill you in on something. Let's have a breather before they get here. And he says this, Hey guys, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those that are meek, they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. He's talking to his closest. He says, blessed are those who persecute you because of your righteousness. Theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed of you, blessed are those that insult you you know the people blessed are you when people insult you sorry persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil you can see it then he gets up you can almost see maybe we don't know we do know this that it says later on that the crowds were amazed by his teaching we do not know which part of the teaching the whole crowd heard but i tell you what i know which part the disciples definitely heard the first bit And it's these words in Matthew that gave the disciples the strength to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. The fact that we got to hear them, they held on to these words. They had such strength and power in them. It was enough to keep them going. They knew no matter what, whatever persecution, they were still blessed. You know, if you don't know, and maybe you're new to church, maybe you've come to a church like this and you go, church is about being blessed you know my parents in law always go hashtag blessed as in Beck and there's some truth about that God blesses us no doubt but we can understand the foundation of what we sit in right now was built on persecution and suffering in fact those guys that in that moment had maybe a breather moment with Jesus and heard him speak the beatitudes to them individually would go on to lose their lives for the gospel in fact, if you don't know, Peter and Paul, they were both persecuted. Peter, um, both got uh, crucified. <coughs> Peter got crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy of the Lord's way of death. Andrew, he went off to the Soviet Union, that sort of area of the world. Um, he brought the gospel to that land. He preached in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey and Greece, he went there. He was also been, he's also been known to have been crucified, that's how he died. Thomas, he went off to East Syria with this message and he died by swords and spears, it is said. Philip went to North Africa with this gospel and it says that he was cruelly put to death. He was arrested because of the message he brought. Matthew, the tax collector, was martyred in Ethiopia. They said he was stabbed to death. Bartholomew took this mission to India. Armenia, Ethiopia, South, Southern Arabia. He was a martyr for the gospel. James, he was clubbed to death because of bringing the good news of Jesus. Simon the Zealot, he was killed after refusing to worship the sun god. Matthias, he was put to death by burning. John was the only one who died from old age. He's the one that wrote the book of Revelation, they believe. And um, some would say that he died from old age. There is a bit of an understanding that he was actually boiled to death in Rome. It's interesting, Saul, or Paul as we know him, who wrote most of the New Testament, in 66 AD, he was beheaded for his faith. You know, it's so easy for us to forget where we came from in the West. That the message of Jesus has, been, has grown and has been built on the blood of those 
who stand firm for Jesus. You know, it's fascinating as we've unpacked Ephesians 6. I know this might seem like a heavy message, but there's really good news to come. This is the reality of the Jesus we follow. You know, as I've been reading Ephesians 6 over the last few weeks, and I want you to go and read the passage, and I want you to say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me what you need to be put in place for my own life? Later on in Ephesians 6, in verse 18, it actually says, and we pray in the Spirit. This is Paul speaking, okay? He's just written Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. And then a little bit later on, he says, and we pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's what we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We're not talking about the Redlands. We're talking about a global family. Paul then requests this, pray for me also, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I might... This is Paul. He's saying, please pray for me. And he says this, so that I may be... That I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul's saying, would you pray for me that I'm not fearful? Because Paul understands that he can fall into the same trap. The guy that wrote most of our Bible and New Testament, he says... For which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Did you hear that? Paul's saying, put on this armor while he's in chains. What incredible faith. What incredible faith. While he's in chains. You know, over the last four weeks, we've unpacked the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you don't read the word of God, please pick it up this week. Pick it up, read Matthew 5, read right to the point where uh, it says, and all the people were amazed by his teaching. That's your final part. Go and read that this week. In fact, Instagram, DM us once you've done it. I'm looking forward to seeing 160 DMs where you say, I read the word of God this week. We've unpacked the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And today we're going to focus on something that is so powerful in a time like ours. This is something that Paul urges us to do and put on. It says, obviously in Ephesians 6, it says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, Jesus is close, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. He calls out, stand firm with your feet ready for whatever comes your way. Because no matter what happens, you know the good news of Jesus. And you can have peace in whatever circumstance. You know, I think a lot of the time we think this battle that we go into when we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to repent. I'm not doing what I know is breaking me. I'm no longer going to sin. I'm going to walk in your ways. We think that when we go into that, it's going to be a a fight because we read like this armor is like, uh, you know, there's swords and there's spears and there's sort of old school kind of battles. We think there's going to be arrows flying at us and yes, there'll be attack. And we think it's going to be really kind of full on like that. But I actually think the battle we go through every day following Jesus is more like a tug of war. Anyone ever played tug of war school? Right? Anyone watch Survivor on TV? Beck and I are obsessed. Every night I look at Beck and go, I wouldn't last a day, right? 
But I love it. Or maybe, you know, you watch these shows and there's always a tug of war, right? And who do you put at the back of your rope? The rock, right? You put the biggest person, right? And what do people do before they say, go? What are people doing? How are they positioning themselves? They're anchoring themselves, right? What do they do? They dig their heel in, right? Who's been that guy? Ever done that? Who's been like the guy on the back of the rope before? You've been on the back of the rope before? You dig your heels in? You hope for the best? This is actually what it's like with faith. We've got to dig our heels in. We've got to have the shoes that hold us steady and strong. This is actually what it's like. You know, they say, go, and all of a sudden you hear a whole team go, hold! You know that. Hold! They're like, pull! Hold! And if you're at the back and you know your feet are slipping, you know it's all over if you go. There's a great weight in that moment. You don't want to be that guy, but you just like, hold! You're trying to put your heels in. You're trying to get your feet positioned. And this is what I believe Paul is alluding to. You see these sandals, we can just picture some Birkenstocks. Some Jesus shoes. But sandals in war were not like that. They were more like footy boots. They had spikes on the base. Man, when you were in a war, if you needed to hold strong, hold firm with your... Like if you had a shield, you hold strong. Hold! And you would move forward. Sometimes you can read past this and go, oh yeah, just put on your sandals. No, no, no. This is going to hold firm your life. Church, it's time to hold your peace. The world needs peace. You have the good news. No matter what happens, God's got it. You know, when you know those people that stand in their faith, that is holding on, you just know it. You want to be around those kind of people. You go, I'll go with you wherever you want to go. I know because you've been through some hell and back and you held strong. You didn't throw in your faith when you lost everything. You didn't, hold, you didn't throw in your faith when your family member died. You didn't throw in your faith when you lost your job. You didn't throw in your faith when that financial situation went wrong. You somehow held hold. You just held your strength and your faith. Somehow you did it. It's real. You stand firm in your faith. The church in Afghanistan, I look at them right now and I go, yep. They aren't moving. They aren't moving. They're standing firm. You know when you meet people that are just firm in faith and you go, God, one day I hope I can be like them. Rob Evenden. For me, he holds. Right now he's going through sickness, but his faith is firm. And there's a peace of God on him that I want. Afghanistan, second fastest growing church in the world. Why would you want to join up to a faith that means you're going to die? I'll tell you why. Because those that have faith that is real and have held strong, you can't deny it. You can't deny the peace of God on their life. They are assured 
of what it means to follow Jesus. They know that they know that they know that Jesus died on the cross, but he rose again. Three days later, he rose again. And those who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. They would hold on to the scriptures, no doubt. They're holding on to the scriptures, the word of God. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Prior to this passage, it actually says, I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit. Peace is literally the Holy Spirit resting upon you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, may I encourage you, come and get prayer. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Drench yourself in the Holy Spirit. Don't hold back. You need it. Matthew 10, 28, maybe they hold on to this right now. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul, body, and body in hell. John 16, 33, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. Breathe it in, His peace right now. I want you just to take a moment. I'm talking like 20 seconds, just silent. You just go, Jesus, I take on your peace. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome. There is no doubt in my mind that those followers of Jesus in Afghanistan right now have the sandals on with a readiness of what's to come. That they might die a physical death, but not a spiritual one. You know, church, sometimes we feel defenseless, but we have the most incredible weapon, and it's prayer. So said, people, these, these, these Taliban, Taliban are receiving, literally meeting the man in white and converting. talking about the biggest revival possible in the world could be happening over there right now because of those who did not give up on their faith who held strong let's not forget in the book of Acts right at the start of the book of Acts it actually says now Saul was consenting to his death in other words um, he just consented to Stephen's death Saul actually watched Stephen as he got stoned to death in chapter 9, it says that Paul was still breathing threats of murder against the disciples. Saul's out there wanting to kill those that were sitting with Jesus on the side of the hill. And it goes on that on his way to Damascus, bright light appears to him, struck him to the ground, and he says, Who are you? And he says, that from the, from the sky, you know, just out of nowhere, it yells out, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. He goes blind. It's another passage of Scripture I want to encourage you to read. Chapter 8, right through to 10 of Acts, okay? And so here's this guy, Saul. He's killing Christians, and he's actually loving it. Jesus appears to him, the man in white. He says, I'm Christ, the Christ that you're persecuting. He goes away 
he's blinded for a while then at a certain time it says that something fell from his eyes something like scales and he receives his sight again and he arose and he was baptized just like every other person that chooses to follow Jesus prior to that though Ananias gets told by the Lord to go to him he says go for he is the chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles so here's the deal Paul's blind or Saul's blind at the time and Ananias hears a word from God and it says this and God says this to Ananias you're going to have to do this he says God says for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake it says that Ananias actually laid hands on Saul and this is when his eyes were opened and he received Christ and It's interesting after he spent time with those that he was going to kill Saul it says that Saul after he received his strength again said immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God Church it happened before and it's going to happen again You know I actually believe there's a time arising where we're going to need to stand firm with our sandals ready Hold. We need to be praying for our brothers in Christ no matter what, every day. That they truly, they, they truly, because they know they want to, but in that time where they have to make that decision to hold, that they would hold strong. We need to be praying for their persecutors. Love your enemies. Church, we need to be able to have peace in a place of turmoil. The only way you can have peace in a place of turmoil in your life is to have an unwavering, firm revelation of who Jesus is. Who Jesus is still today. We need to have a faith that is unwavering. You cannot be moved. You will stand strong no matter what. The other thing about the sandals fitted, ready for the gospel of the good news, you know, the good news to go is that obviously once you've got your shoes on, you take it somewhere. You can actually go and actually bring it to someone else as well in times of need. Now we bring that peace everywhere we go. I was thinking about this this week. I don't know about you, but when you see stuff like this, I ask myself questions like, if I had a gun held to my head or, you know, I go through these things, would I, would I proclaim Jesus? Would I be able to do it? I often think, you know, would I be able to go through the same sort of persecution and hold strong to Jesus? And actually, I asked Mike Gore about this a couple of years ago. And I remember him saying, you know, as eight out of ten times, people will actually hold strong. Eight out of ten times. Probably, you know, they'll just go, you know what, I'm not going to die. I'm going to hold strong. I think Jesus knew that we'd come up against a lot of stuff in our lifetime. He actually knew that. And that's why he had a breather moment with his disciples and shared those words with them before he spoke to the masses. And he said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he said this blessed are those blessed are you when people insult you 
persecute you and falsely say all sorts of kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. I don't know, have you ever done that after a day at work? People have said evil things against you. You come home, honey, how's your day? Oh, it's wonderful. Let me tell you the joy that I have in my heart. But Jesus is actually saying, hey, I know what's coming. Hold. I pray that we as a church would hold strong to the peace of God. Are we ready? Are we, you know, do we have these shoes on, you know? And it may not actually be like a physical punishment. It actually might just be at the workplace, as I mentioned before. It might be just something that you're going through. You have to just keep holding strong and still having peace that no matter what, Jesus has got it. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. May we stand firm. May we understand that we can only have this peace if we have the Holy Spirit. He gives us the peace that surpasses understanding. Our understanding might say things are going bad, but with the Holy Spirit, you can rest in the fact that God's got it. Let's pray. I just really feel today that there's a bunch of us today that go, I hear what you're saying as, but if I'm honest with myself, I do not have peace. I know about Jesus, but He doesn't bring me that peace. And maybe you've never actually said, Holy Spirit, come into my life and actually be my helper, be my comforter. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you the comforter, the peacemaker, the one that can calm your soul. Maybe you've been restless. Maybe you haven't slept because of this fear and anxiety, the world around you, the unknowns. I want to pray for you that you would receive the Holy Spirit and you would have peace. If that's you right now, I just want to pray for you, but I want to know who I'm praying for. So would you just put up your hand and say, as I need that peace, just raise your hand across the room. Yep, I see it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You're just being honest with yourself and God. Mate, in a place of honesty, God can move. Be truthful. Understand where you're at and say, God, I actually need your peace. Is there more people that need this prayer? They go, oh yeah, awesome. I want to pray, yeah, all across the room. Because you know what? I don't want a church full of fear. The world needs a church that can hold. And you can't do it in your own strength. That's why it's the armour of God. It's not the armour of doing good. It's not the armour of trying to be strong for your family. It's not the armour of, I'm male, I need to be the leader, the head of this household. If you are dealing with this, you need the armour of God. So if you need peace, please put up your hand because I believe it's a faith step. 
You're ste- yeah, I see your hand. You're stepping out and saying, this is not, yeah, I see your hand. This is not about, you know, numbers. But this is just you and God. God, I want to hold. I want to stand firm no matter what comes at me. I want to represent you, Jesus, in my workplace that people would see a peace upon me they've never experienced before. Yeah, I see that hand as well. Hands across this room. Holy Spirit, right now, we ask you to come. Rest upon your brothers, your daughters, your sons, your daughters, your sisters. Father, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch from head to toe. Breathe Him in. Jesus, we thank You for the armour of God. God, we thank You that those that have gone before us didn't falter at a time where they could lose their lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that You pour out Your peace on this place right now. Pour it out. Your peace, Jesus, Your peace. Your peace, that surpasses understanding. Holy Spirit, comforter God, I pray you rest upon those that need you. God, I pray in a moment of anxiety or fear, in a moment of an anxiety attack, I pray that the individuals in this church that have put up their hand, God, that you would actually stir in their spirit to call upon you, Jesus. May your peace be never ending. God, may there be a peace upon our church and our members that God, everywhere they go this week, people will see your peace. When the whole world is manic, may they see your peace. May they say, how can you be so resolved? And may their response be, I know Jesus. I know this hope, He is an anchor for my soul. I know this hope, He is an anchor for my soul. The Scripture says that, an anchor. Like on that, I just want, I just see it like that. You know, it is, it's like that wrestle, that tug of war. That hope being Jesus dying on the cross, raised from the dead, overcoming sin and death. Giving you an assurity that if you die tomorrow, you know where you're going and it's okay. It's okay. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others, and influence in your world. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au.